0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Built on the Rock podcast. You know what's on my mind today?
1: What's on your mind?
0: Thanksgiving. It's next week. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Family, food. Oh,
0: good food. Yeah, it's going to be
1: Fellowship.
0: Oh, fellowship's even better. It's going to be awesome. I always enjoy Thanksgiving.
1: All of it combined.
0: Now, I will say Christmas is my favorite.
1: I do love some Christmas, but Christmas is like a whole season.
0: Christmas is a whole season, but Thanksgiving is part of Christmas season.
1: Yes, and it makes it all better.
0: So you give thanks, and then you get to Christmas.
1: You get presents.
0: Well, presents, you know, presents can come and go. I'm not too, I don't care too much about those. But It's
1: just everything together. The family, the cold weather, the food.
0: It's always a lot of fun. But starting out, is with Thanksgiving. So next week, we're going to be enjoying that.
1: Are you thankful? You should be. (laughs) Let's get into the word.
0: That sounds good. What are we talking about today?
1: Today we're talking about knowing God's character and trusting in the Lord.
0: Trusting in the Lord. That's very important. I mean, that's a foundational truth. And you really can't trust in the Lord unless you begin to know His character and understand who He is. Because if you know Him, then you know He's reliable, you know He's faithful, and you can trust in Him.
1: Well, and if you know Him, then you know when you have thoughts that aren't from Him.
0: That's true. You ready to get in the Word?
1: Let's get in the Word.
0: Let's do it. So we're talking about not worrying and trusting in the Lord. We're talking about knowing God's character. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I want to start, jump right into the scripture, right from the start here. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, the Passion Translation, it says, Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you, and He will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with Him in whatever you do, And he will lead you wherever you go. So, I mean, one of the things that really kind of sticks out to me here is that my opinion doesn't matter. You know, his opinion is what matters. It says in the second line there of this verse, it says, do not rely on your own opinions. And so that tells me that my opinions don't matter. My opinions are not reliable and my opinions don't matter. What matters is trusting in him Mm -hmm. because he's going to have the right way to go from the start. And why wouldn't I want to trust in him if he's gonna tell me and lead me in that right way from the get go. And so I don't have to go around this whole mountain of, you know, trying to do what I want to do and it not working or trying to figure out how to do it on my own and not working, which, you know, that kinda leads me to this point of it says trust in the Lord completely. And that's really important because if you look at this, the Lord doesn't just point us in the right direction and then say, Okay, you figure out how to do it. No, he says here's what we're going to do. And then he leads you the entire way. And that's what the scripture says. It says, become intimate with him in whatever you do and he'll lead you wherever you go. Right. So it's not just hearing him, you know, tell you that initial command of, okay, you're going to go this way. Now you just go figure it out how to do it on your own. Because I feel like I've done that a lot in my life in the past where God has spoken to me. He said, you know, Hey, I want you to do this. And the very next thing I think is, Okay, how am I gonna do that? Like what what do I need to do to get that done?
1: What does this entire process look like?
0: Exactly. When really
1: it's just starting with the first instruction he's given you. Did you do the first step? Did you do the second step? When he gives you the third step, do the third step.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that's what trusting in the Lord looks like. You're not always you're not gonna see the entire picture at one time. The majority of the time the Lord takes you through it. He doesn't just say hey this is how it's all going to look like because if he did you probably wouldn't trust him to do it if you saw how big or how you know how advanced or what's the right word i'm looking for you might not
1: trust so that what he's saying will happen will actually happen yeah because
0: it's such a big thing or it's such a impossible for you to do it yes but if you trust the lord the lord will lead you through it right so that's a really important first point here is to trust in the lord So I wanted to share a personal story that kind of proves this point here. And it's from back when I was in college. So my senior year of college, I actually was going to go on a missions trip. And it wasn't my idea to go on this missions trip. I wasn't actually going to go. But a friend of mine who was leading the missions trip, he asked me if I'd go with him. And so, uh, you know, I gave him the old Christian answer of, well, I'll pray about it and I'll let you know, knowing full well in my mind, Meaning I was going to say no the entire time. I just
1: Give me some time to say no.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> y'all, y'all know the end. Y'all know what that means.
1: And you stop but, it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't do that. But, uh, no, I had done that, you know, and soon as I hung the phone up, the Lord spoke to me on the inside very loudly. He said, go. It was so loud that I thought somebody had spoken something behind me. And so I was in my room with my roommate at the time. And so I turned around and asked him, did you say something? And he was like, no, I didn't say anything. And so I knew it was God who had spoken to me. He had said go. And so I pretty much called my friend back right right then immediately because I didn't want to give my, myself time to, you know, change my mind back or back out of it. You know, <laughs> I wanted to do what God was telling me to do. So I committed to it because I knew if I committed to it, I would do it. Right. And so... I called my friend. I told him. I said, "Hey, I'm going to go with you." He said, "Oh, that's awesome. That's great." Well, here's the thing: when you're doing a missions trip like this through the school, the school has a system set up for you to fundraise, and they have a timeline. They have they have deadlines you have to meet for your fundraising. Well, we were almost at the halfway point at this point. This is a
1: long missions trip. It was yeah, it was a month month. long
0: to Africa. So I had to raise like I think around 3,500. I don't remember exactly but I had to raise that amount of money and I was a college student. I didn't have that money. So, um, you know, I was doing some fundraising, but the thing about it was the deadline for the halfway point of the fundraising was like just a couple of weeks or so from that point of him calling me and talking to me. And so I really had to trust the Lord. And then, you know, I just got real with the Lord. I said, Lord, you want me to do this. I'm trusting you to bring the money in. And then I put, I put my faith or my trust, just like we talked about in the last podcast, I put my faith to work and I started sending out donation letters. I started talking to people, letting them know, hey, I'm going on this missions trip. If you would like to sow a seed, thank, I'd appreciate that. If you can't, I understand. That's okay. Just pray for me. And so, you know, I started writing these letters and sending them out. I was, uh, we were doing fundraising things together as a group, the missions team as a group. And within that two weeks or whatever it was, it was a period pretty close to that. By that halfway deadline mark, I had met half the money. It was there. And I was you know, I was excited because the Lord was providing what he had put in front of me, what he had said he was going to do, what he had told me to do, he had provided for it.
1: Yeah. And you put yourself to work in that. You didn't just sit idly by and wait for that provision to come in. Yeah,
0: there was instruction, you know, from the from the the leaders there to these are the steps you need to take. And so I took that instruction and you know started going with that and then you know the last deadline this is the this is the point I wanted to get to in the story the last deadline the day of it I still did not have all the money that I needed the day of the deadline and it literally came down to like the last day last hour someone called in and donated the rest of the money Mm -hmm. and I had to trust God because you know at this point I was excited I was ready to go you know I'm about to go to Africa for a month get to preach the gospel I was excited but I had to trust God because the money still wasn't there to the last day. And that last hour, someone called in and donated the rest of the money, and I was approved to go. So, in that same way, that's what it looks like to trust in the Lord. And that's what it looks like to rely on Him to bring it to pass, not trying to do it on my own. I didn't go out and try to get three or four jobs. To try to raise the well, make the money.
1: And even look at this. He gave you the instruction, you're going to Africa. He's making the provision for you. So did it matter if it come in day one or at the last hour? No. Didn't it matter. The provision was going to be made for you to go.
0: Yeah. And just like we talked about in the previous podcast about faith, I had to believe him when he said it. Yeah. So the next thing we want to talk about today is do not worry. And that goes right along with what we've just been talking about. It's easy if you're in the middle of a process of trusting God. It can be easy to allow worry to come into your mind. But the Bible instructs us, Jesus instructs us, do not worry. Yeah. So we're going to look at that. Uh, babe, you want to read Luke twelve twenty two through 26?
1: Sure. Verse 22, Jesus taught his disciples saying, listen to me. Never let anxiety enter your hearts. Never worry about any of your needs, such as food or clothing. For your life is indefinitely more than just the food you eat or the clothing you wear. Take the carefree birds as your example. Do you ever see them worry? They neither grow their own food nor put it in a storehouse for later. Yet God takes care of every one of them, feeding each of them out of the abundance of His love and goodness. Isn't your life more precious to God than a bird? Be carefree in the care of God. Does worry add anything to your life? Can it add one more year or even one day? So if worrying adds nothing but actually subtracts from your life, why would you worry about God's care for you?
0: That's a really good passage. I like how, I mean, it's just, it's very plain and simple. I like how Jesus said it. He said, never let anxiety enter your hearts. Never worry about any of your needs. Now, it's easy to read that. It's easy to say that. But, you know, living my life, I can say there's definitely been times that I've let anxiety into my heart. There's definitely been times where I've worried about my needs.
1: Well, and it even clarifies that that subtracts from your life. Yeah. So do you realize that what you're worrying about is the subtraction from your life? Do you realize that when you don't worry, it's... When you have faith in God, it's an addition to your life.
0: Yeah, exactly. Trust in the Lord. I mean, we and that's the thing. We need to trust in Him because He's the one that's taking care of us. Yeah. You know, just like a good parent takes care of their children and wants their children to trust in them, how much more so does God take care of us? Mm-hmm. And so we can easily trust in Him, you know, not have to worry about things. And like I said, it can be easy to allow that worry to come in But we're going to talk about what to do when that happens. And that leads us to our second point, and that is the battle in your mind. Because, you know, that's when that worry tries to come in and tries to attach itself to you and tries to get you to have that anxiety in your heart, you know, telling you that the things that God spoke to you aren't actually true or aren't actually going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's that in-between time. That's, That's where it's at. When you've gotten a hold of God's Word and you're believing his word you've received it by faith and then but you haven't received you haven't got to the manifestation point yet you know you haven't got to the point where you actually see it come to the fullness of it in reality you haven't seen the results of it yet but it's that in between time between the two between you getting a hold (laughs) of the word and you seeing the manifestation of the word that in between time is when the enemy tries to come along and say did god really say that, you know, you could have this, does God's word really actually work every time? Does it actually work for your life? You know, you, you've seen it work for somebody else's life, but does it actually work for your life? I mean, come on, you're you, you know, those are all lies of the enemy.
1: Right. Even, are you sure you heard right? Can you really hear from them?
0: Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The enemy, he's going to try every tactic he can to attack the foundation of God's word in your life and the things that God has spoken in your life because the enemy knows that his word is powerful and if you hold on to it he knows it works. Right. He wouldn't be attacking it if he knew it if he didn't know that it worked.
1: Well, and that's the other thing is you do know the voice of the Lord. You can hear from him and you can identify when there's a false mindset trying to be planted into your mind.
0: Yeah. And I mean the thing about it is this not only affects your relationship with between you and the Lord it can also affect your relationship with other people.
1: Uh, very much because so. Because
0: the enemy will lie about those people the exact same way he'll lie about God. He'll come yeah. along and he'll be like, hey, did you know You know what this person's thinking about you right now? You know why they didn't actually spend time with you the other day? You know why they didn't call you the other day or whatever? You know He likes to plant those little things of lies in your mind to get you to think badly towards someone else or to create a division between you and someone else just the same way he'll do with you and God's word.
1: Which you can identify right there has to be a lie because if you're thinking those thoughts towards somebody else, then you're not walking in love with them.
0: That's true. And we know
1: that he wants us to walk in love with others. So is the lie opposite of his word? Yes.
0: Exactly. And that's exactly how we're going to combat the lies of the enemy is with his word. So that leads us to our next scripture. It's Matthew 4, 1 through 4 in the Passion Translation. And it says afterward, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to experience the ordeal of testing by the accuser. And after fasting for 40 days, Jesus was extremely hungry. Well, I would be too. Uh, The tempter came to him and said, how can you possibly be the son of God and go hungry? Just command these stones to be turned into loaves of bread. He answered, the scriptures say, Bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word that consistently goes forth from God's mouth. Now, I want to look at something that's really interesting here in verse 3. It says that the tempter came to him and said, How can you possibly be the Son of God and go hungry? And I just think it's interesting how, you know, Jesus has been fasting for 40 days. He's at, His body is weak, obviously, because he's hungry. But that's when the enemy comes along and he's like, Hey, Aren't you the son of God? Like, why are you going hungry?
1: And the enemy knows that a, this is the son of God, that he has the power to create food, even out of these stones. And, but yet the devil is coming at Jesus in his weak point and trying to make him question God's character make him question why would your father not feed you
0: yeah even make him question who he is
1: right and so but Jesus already knew Jesus had previous knowledge he knew yeah I know I have the power to make these stones into bread but he also had a previous word from the Lord which is verse four if you want to go into that and
0: yeah he said true life is found in every word that constantly goes forth from God's mouth he said bread alone won't satisfy but That true life, that's what's found in every single word that goes forth from God's mouth. So
1: Jesus was not deceived by the temptation that he would have to eat, by the temptation or the lie that the devil was trying to bring. He was not deceived. He knew clearly in his mind because he kept his mind stayed on the Lord. So he knew what the truth was. And that
0: leads us to our last point, which is knowing the character of God. So knowing the character of God, you know, like you talked about at the very beginning, we have to know God's character to be able to trust Him fully and, you know, just be led by Him. So we're going to go into this, Hebrews eleven six. It says, And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God, for we come to God in faith, knowing that He is real, and that He rewards the faith of those who passionately seek Him. You know, to me, this scripture really shows us the character of God, and it shows us what God wants for our life. You know, He wants us to know him. He wants us to passionately seek him. And when we do that, he can reward us. And that's that's what he wants. That's what he desires. And so, you know, something that's interesting about this verse is when I used to read this verse, I used to think that, you know, it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so I used to think that if I was outside of faith, if I stepped out of faith, then I'm making God mad. And that's why I thought that's what the scripture was telling me that, oh, if you get out of faith, you're going to be making God mad and he's going to be upset with you. And all this stuff. And that's kind of how I saw it. That was my outlook. But I wasn't looking at it from knowing the character of God. And as I began to study it, God was showing me. He gave me this analogy. He said, okay, when you see a parent and their children, or parents and their children, what makes those parents happy? What makes them happy is when the children are free to have fun, to play, and to enjoy their life. And to walk in those blessings of an you know enjoyable life. And he said, how much more do I want that same thing for my children? And so he was showing me that the reason why the scriptures say it's impossible to please God without faith is because what is pleasing to God is when his children are walking free. What is pleasing to God is when his children are walking in the blessings that his word has provided for us. But in order to walk in those blessings, you have to walk by faith. You have to live by faith, like we talked about in the last podcast. And that's why... It says it's impossible to please him without faith. So it gave me a new light on this scripture, gave me a new outlook on the scripture, and it began to show me that God's character is not, I'm angry with you unless you do what I want. His character is, I love you, and I want you to walk in the fullness of who I am and my blessing for your life, but you can't do that unless you begin to know me. You can't do that unless you have that intimate relationship with me, and then you can begin to walk by faith trusting in me trusting in God because you know his character right and that's what he's saying so this scripture really does open up the character of God didn't you have a story about knowing character you wanted to share
1: yeah I do and I think it uh it really highlights the battleground that you might go through in your mind when you're trying to identify good character, and the right thought to think on. So I was at Lowe's, and the Lord, when I started at Lowe's, the Lord had given me a word that said, basically, to take every opportunity as they came. So I was always looking for opportunity at Lowe's, and it was about time I was in a position that I was, I knew I was ready to move up, and an opportunity opened up. Well, this opportunity, though, was for, if you know anything about the ranking at Lowe's, or really any workplace, there's tiers. So, you you know, you start here and then you move next step, next step, next step. Well, this step was seemingly between where I was at now and where I want it to be, which was in management. And this step here, though, I just didn't have peace about. But my boss brought it to me and said, hey, there's this opening coming up. And I was like, ooh, like, you know, it's, he said take every opportunity as they come, but I'm not sure about this one. And, um, I really had a thought in my mind or a pull, a desire to wait for an opportunity in management. And I even knew that it would be over the paint department, but there was no previous word (laughs) at Lowe's or that anybody had told me that that position would even be opening up anytime soon. And so I go back to the back of the store because I'm like, really going back and forth between these two thoughts. Do I apply for this position that I'm not sure about, or do I wait for the one that I have peace about that the Lord's already prompted Mm -hmm. me on in my thoughts? So I had peace about this paint position, which was also management, and I knew that was my next step. But was this other opportunity that came up, a specialist position, was that an in-between So I go back and I call somebody who I know their character is good. I call David because I knew he would be able to shed some light on it for me because I'm in the middle of these two thoughts right now. And it was kind of time sensitive. I needed to let them know if I wanted to apply for it. And so he's like, doesn't even address the specialist position. He's just like, oh, we'll go with peace. And I'm like, you didn't give me my answer. I already know I have peace about this thought. But just the simple simplicity of what am I focusing on? Go with peace is really the right answer in that situation. So I did go with peace. I didn't apply for this specialist position. And the most wild thing to me about this story is not even... Like, I want to say it was within the hour, my boss came back to me and was like, hey, we have a paint management position opening up. I want you to apply for it. And I was like, mind blown. Like he was literally telling me that whole time that that was the position I had for you. I had peace about that. But I was being distracted by this other thought that tried to come in and say, this is also promotion. This is also opportunity. Yeah. That's not the opportunity he was talking about, though. So I think it's funny that I was able to, after that, identify, okay, next time I should go with the thought of peace. Exactly. Next time, I don't even need to entertain the thought that does not bring peace.
0: Well, and that's the thing. That's part of God's character is that peace. Right. So if you don't have peace with that situation then it's not God because it's yeah. not his character. God's character is peace. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of it. And so that, I think that story is a really good example of how to know God's character, know he's taking care of you, know the peace that he brings to a situation and then right. be led by that peace. And we want the same thing for anyone that's listening out there. Whatever the situation is, whatever you're coming across, that you have to make a decision, be led by peace. Yes. led, know the character of God, know that he loves you, that he's taking care of you, that he wants to take care of you. But you have to know to be led by his peace because if it's not peaceful, if it's not in peace,
1: it's not in him. Right. And I, that's where it was helpful to have somebody like David be able to come in and shed that outside perspective because David already has the truth of if it's peace, it's him go with peace. Whereas I was in the middle of this battleground in my mind that I couldn't get full clarity on the right decision to make.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And that leads us to our last scripture that I want to talk about today that kind of wraps things up. And it's Isaiah 26, 3 through 4 in the Amplified Classic. It says, You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you. Because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. So trust in the Lord, commit yourself to him, lean on him, hope confidently in him forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock, the rock of ages. I love how it puts that last part right there. The Lord God is an everlasting rock. That means he's never going to change. He'll always be there. When you need to depend on someone or something, depend on the Lord because he is our rock. I mean that is just an awesome, awesome scripture, and I love how it talks about that He keeps in perfect peace the ones whose mind is stayed on Him. Just like in Hope's story about at work, when she when she kept her mind on Him, then she realized, oh, it was, it's the peace. It's it's been there the whole time. Right. But when when she put her mind on, okay, what is God saying about the situation? Then it was directly led to, okay, where's the peace at? And that's what led her into the position she needed to go into.
1: Right. One thing that really I pull out of this scripture, you're talking about keeping your mind stayed on him, knowing that he is the rock of ages. So that really, my confidence in the Lord, my trust in the Lord should be the only thought that I hold so firmly onto. There should be no other thought that battles in my mind against what the word says, I know he's the rock of ages. I know he takes care of me and I will not worry. So that thought there is the only thing that we should hold firmly onto.
0: Yeah. Everything else can fall away from that because that is the truth. God's word is true. He is the rock of ages. He's never going to change. That's, that's powerful. That's really good. And so, you know, today we've kind of talked about not worrying, knowing God's character, trusting in the Lord you know, you deal with those battle, that battle in your mind, those thoughts that the enemy tries to bring against you. But when that happens, you speak the word of God, you speak the truth, and you have to have God's word in front of you in order to be able to speak it. So you constantly keep it in front of you, knowing what God said about the situation. You're standing on it in faith. You're speaking it. You're proclaiming it. You're believing it. And then you just walk in peace. Yeah. Because he keeps you in peace when you keep your mind focused on him so that's all the time we have for today do you have anything else you want to add to this i don't think so i think we're gonna wrap it up then for today and we appreciate y'all joining in appreciate y'all watching and i just want y'all to remember that in jesus we are built on the rock